right, guys. Uh, suppose, Kyle, you said this was four and five, episode four? Yeah. I shit, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I feel like we've done so many of them at this point, and we just haven't released them, that I, I don't even know what to tell you. Yeah, it's all <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah, especially with, all the, especially with all the interviews. Yeah. We haven't figured out our, our, our naming system for those yet, so. Yeah, most uh, definitely. Really and that's what Dead Bat's all about, you know? It's it's not... We're not meant to be professional. We're meant to be uh, just a couple of friends hanging out with some coffee, and uh, you're hanging with us. Exactly. And of course, as always, it is the Trigger Happy Chatterbox. Look at that, I messed up there. <laughs> uh, there you go. Hey, it's better than Chattybox and the world's <laughs> greatest detective. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Jesus. Hey, you got the right syllables. It just took you a minute. That's all. Yeah, exactly. Alrighty, <laughs> alrighty, guys. So as you already know, before we get into all the uh, the news, because I'm pretty sure that I mean our our listeners are probably waiting for us to get to the real big stuff. Before we get into that, guys, as always, Facebook.com/slash DP Bats. Please, guys, listen to us uh, on there too, because I might. I mean, we might just do live stuff over there as well. Um, but at the same time, give us a like, uh, let us know what you think. And, uh, from there on our respective Instagram pages at, uh, trigger happy chatterbox and the world's greatest detective six two six. Absolutely. And that's just, uh, some housekeeping for you and definitely go there leave some feedback, man. Uh, I shit. I don't care if you, if you tell us you, you hate us, you know, tell us you love us, tell us, tell us what we can do better. Uh, any feedback is good feedback, you know what I mean? Any press is good press. Exactly. So um, Hopefully you can tell our audio is a little better. We've been playing around with that just a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple trips to Best Buy can't solve, you know what I mean, John? Oh, yeah. That was, that was exciting for both of us because uh, for everybody who's basically been there since the beginning, which is our close friends and a couple others that have come along the way, our audio has been kind of, eh? Because really, the process is just putting a phone next to a microphone and then just recording off of Audacity and then just loading it to Podbean, and that's pretty much all there is. Say what you say what say what you mean, John. It was ghetto. Oh, it was ratchet as fuck. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know me. It it was ratchet as fuck. Fuck. Like Jesus, like. You, if we were to like take a picture of how the recording process was, you'd be like, hey, guys, do you want to make a Kickstarter? Oh, we should. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, now I got a mic. John's got a mic. I'm in Ocala right now. He's in Bradenton. Hopefully it feels like we're both in the same place. That's the goal here. Yeah, most definitely. Um, and we'll continue to, you know, really get there in terms of our audio and, and try to fix everything up as the time goes on. Uh, which, of course, that is the goal, to make this show not only professional and, and audio, but fun and, you know, and exciting every time you hear our sexy voices. I wouldn't go that far. You sounded like you were just going to drag me into a back alley. I didn't like that, John. That's a no touch. I mean, have you seen your ass? <laughs> I mean, for, for those that don't see us in conventions, oh, this man's ass looks incredible in that Batman suit. 
Oh man, that's that's all suit. Let's be real. No, that's all your <laughs> manliness, sir. Oh Jesus! Yes. Yeah, let's just get to the podcast. <laughs> But anyways, we have a load to talk about, guys, in terms of uh, the MCU, a couple other things. I didn't even write anything down because I know the big thing we were going to talk about was the MCU. Yeah, I got no outline, so we're winging it hardcore. Yeah. It's like, just going to be me and you hanging out and recording it. That's that's dead bat. Oh, yeah. Um, before anything, I do want to say one thing, and I hope that she listens to the show. Happy birthday, Caitlin. Yes, happy birthday. Man. Oh, yeah. You got some surprises. I don't even know it. Oh, yes. Um, figured I would say that before anything because I don't I don't want to forget, and I am a forgetful person when it comes to birthdays, which is a really bad thing, except for the people that matter the most, oh, which is dude. everybody in my entire cosplay group. <laughs> dude, I feel, that, I feel that so hard. You don't even know. You know, I'm just – I'm so bad with dates because I feel like I get wrapped up in everything going on in life, and – um. And somebody mentions, yeah, man, my birthday's next week. I just go, fuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man. It's just, just... Man, how, how am I going to wing this one, you know? <laughs> exactly. So I know there's a couple things before we get into the big stuff. Um, I'm kind of looking at a few things here. Um, man. It's, like, not as big as, like, the stuff we saw in Comic-Con. Like, honestly. Um, it just feels so small in comparison. I could definitely talk about the uh, the CW stuff, um, which that was announced during, you know, San Diego. Which, like, again, guys, it was the, uh, the Supergirl. It was the uh, Crisis on Infinite Earth stuff that was being leaked. And I that think, I'm excited for. Yeah. I'm excited for Crisis, but, like, I, I heard Arrow got um, renewed, and I was like, how? It's actually it's getting like the Supernatural. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're almost to Supernatural territory, which is uh, good or bad, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, exactly. Um, But, yeah, we got all that, and then uh, we saw Supergirl's new suit. Um, and it's funny because I guess the explanation for why the suit actually was a thing was that, oh, well, we actually film in Canada, so she's freezing her ass off doing Supergirl. I'm like, nigga, that's the point. Damn. <laughs> you know what? I'm down with that suit, though. It looked really cool. Oh, yeah. That suit looked incredible. Looked really cool. Like, you know, I, I didn't see any of the any of the fan reactions to it or what have you, but, um, you know, I, I feel like maybe I'm out of step here, but I feel like, uh, giving Supergirl pants instead of a skirt is gonna, uh, it's, it's a step forward in the equality of the superhero genre, you know? Mm hmm. So I'm really excited to, uh, see that i gotta watch that show you know it's show i've seen arrow and i'm hoping you know some of the other ones are a little a little more interesting yeah it was eh. like when i tried getting involved and invested in supergirl that was when uh our good friend eric wanted was talking about it and i was like all right i'll give it a shot so 
I watched episodes on YouTube because at the time, I mean, we didn't have cable. We just had YouTube and we were paying off, you know, that before we had like Roku and shit, which, you know, thank God for Roku because I don't have to buy a big ass cable box. Um, you know, before before that, I was just watching episodes on YouTube because someone would just upload them and they it just felt it was eh, you know, but then again, I'm eh when it comes to Superman, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I got that. You know, like I try giving it I I want that so bad. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I know they're bringing in a bunch of Superman and uh I just I know most of the Batman have been on camera like on on, you know, the silver screen in the in the theaters, but I would really love something like that with uh the Batman actors. Yeah. Oh man, most definitely. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, how did you feel about the news surrounding Superman? Speak of that, because I guess uh, Brandon Ralph, which of course, if you guys remember, was the same Superman who did uh, Superman Returns back in 2006. He's coming back for alternate version of Superman. I mean, I'm down. You know, I don't think he was the worst Superman we've had. Yeah, on screen. I mean, uh, you know, if you look at the Superman movies that came out, um, I want to say early 90s. Mm -hmm. And, you know, watch those if you want to have a real aneurysm and uh, and cry. (laughs) In effect. (laughs) But I'm I'm down for him to come back. I didn't think Superman Returns was a horrible movie, you know? Yeah. It wasn't a bad movie, sure. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I didn't think it was either. It just, you know, I think at the time, you had Batman and Superman in a very odd place. You know, you had well, superhero sp- movies. Superhero movies in general were in a weird place. Like you um, had your Spider-Man, you had your X-Men. You know, that was kicking off and that was really doing good. But before, you know, Iron Man kind of brought, you know, some kind of level of continuity, and that's saying much considering that it was a, you know, a lot of us thought it was just a one-off. You know, um, yeah, like, before. yeah, well, I, I, I think superhero movies of the time were just trying to market themselves towards, uh, you know, towards, towards the, uh, the mainstream, towards the multitude instead of towards the fans. And I, I think that's where they were going wrong. And I think they finally figured it out with the MCU and the, and the DCEU is what we want is, Adaptate like faithful adaptations, or at least as close as we can get. Yeah. And you kind of got that with, you know, um, you know, some of the movies you and I are probably thinking right now. Um, but yeah, it, you're not wrong. They were in an odd place even then, too. Because, um, I mean, Batman hasn't really, I mean, you had Batman Begins, but I mean, I know how you feel about the Bale saga. I mean, I have my kind of eh when it comes to the Bale saga too. Um, even though it brought good things and bad things to it. I mean, you know, whatever you want to say about that. But, you know, seeing him come back, it actually feels... Uh, he actually had an interview where he was actually really excited to come back. He said, on quote, he finally can say goodbye to the character because he never was able to do that when he was Superman in that movie. Yeah, 
man, do you remember the days where we were we were dreaming and we were like, man, one day, you know, uh, DC and Marvel will have these shared universes and we'll be able to see Christian Bale's Batman and Brandon Ruth's Superman up there on the screen together. Um, I mean, we never got that, but we're we're there. You know, we, we, we've seen the characters on the screen together now. It's crazy to think that, you know, just a few years ago, we wouldn't have even considered it. Like, yeah. But, but we we would think about it and go, man, that would be really cool, but they're never going to do it because they don't think it's profitable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and in terms of the band movies, I think they just sloped. You know what I mean? Like, I watched Batman Begins, and I was like, man, that's really cool. I watched The Dark Knight, and I was like, man, all right. I like this, but at that point, I was watching it less for Batman and more for the Joker. Like, mm-hmm. it became more about Ledger's character, which was interesting. Um, and then, by the time The Dark Knight Rises came out, I was like, like just, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> and I think part of that is, well, I think part of that is Bale's voice for Batman got... Uh, Stranger and stranger and stranger as time went on. It was like he was experimenting with it, and Batman Begins, it was a very light light accent that he, he spun on it, and I was cool with that. And then as the time went on, it became what everybody knows him for, which is the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, and you're not wrong either. After... After Dark Knight, that that's when it just fell off a cliff, um, even for me, you know. Um, and and and, you're, and and another thing too is I do watch those movies not because of Bale, because a lot of people have now come to the idea, and, and I think even more so than when he was announced for Batman, you know, Batfleck was the closest thing to a live action, just look. We've never had that with any other person, you know. Maybe Keaton, but then again, he was he's five ten, so it's like people were caring so much about his height that no one cared about his actual acting ability. We've got that from actors now. Now the look has to catch up with the acting ability, and I'll even say this too: out of all the Alfreds and Bruces, I have to put Jeremy Irons and Ben Affleck as second. I have to. They they mm. they had a they had some strong ass chemistry together. Who's your number one? Oh, it's got to be Keaton and the old guy that played in the uh, the Batman one movie, the ninety the eighty nine yeah. movie. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because as much as I will yeah. bitch and complain that my man was apocalypse tall, mm, just captured it to a T. But Ben Affleck. And, and and Jeremy Irons, if they were to do like two, three more movies together, I I would love to see a segment where just the two of them and just like have an hour screen test because they were fun to watch in Batman versus Superman. Oh, for sure, man. I you know I loved the snark that Alfred had in um, Justice League and uh, and BVS. It was fucking amazing. It was like he roasted Bruce at every opportunity, and I was like, that sounds like Al. That's yeah, a, sounds like Alfred. 
It was just so awesome. Um, um, and I have to put them as number two because they really, they brought what I think you and me were talking about for our bad family in terms of having, you know, an Alfred around and having Alfred next to Bruce and the chemistry between the two of them. They just, they killed it in terms of that. And um, one thing too that I was, I was actually watching the uh, the scene where he fixes uh, the armor and he comes out and mentions the phantasm. And I love the comment that I read. People were like, yeah, if you're a 90s baby, you definitely caught that shit. Yep, yep. I'm like, if you didn't see Mask of the Phantasm and you went into that movie and were like, Phantasm, I'm like, dude, get out of the theater. Because that was so obvious of a rip from that movie. You know? Mm -hmm. But... Yeah, one other thing, too, because I was looking on Screen Rant, and I want your honest opinion over this. Um, kind of wondering if oh, this was even something that this was a thing. But apparently this, uh, this article was written by Andrew Dice, and he said that Batman Beyond's true mother was originally Catwoman. Okay. Okay, that'd be interesting. So... The story was not going to have the cabinet situation at the very end of Justice League Unlimited. It was going to be that maybe it was going to be revealed that Selina Kyle was really the mother of Terry McGinnis. Can you even, can you even imagine what a kid between the two of them would look like? Well, I mean, we kind of had that in the form of Huntress, but you're you're not wrong. If we wanted to make it ultra canon. Like, right here, right now, in the Conroy-verse, you're absolutely correct. What would it look like? Dude would be unfucking stoppable Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd be down. Um, but, you know, you know me. I'm always... I've always wanted Catwoman and Batman to have um, their happy ending, so to speak. Um, which is why... I, when it was when it was given to me in Rebirth and then succinctly taken away, I was like, "Fuck you guys, God, damn it!" But I wasn't mad at it because it was like, you know, it it was one of those things where I felt like it was going to happen. I just didn't want it to. Um, like you saw it coming down the road. Hmm. Yeah. And and it's like. You know, it's like Captain America. He can't be married to Peggy and still working with the Avengers. Yeah, it's just not a... I know. As much as fans of the MCU really was wanting that and they were, like, saying, fan service, fan service, we want it, we want it. It's like, guys, it's not something that, you know, can... I mean, that's why you put Sharon in place. Because Sharon is in the current universe. She works with the Avengers. She's not as powered as Steve is. It makes sense to have them together. It's either those two or him just being single because I can't see Steve with anybody else. The comics, they tried doing that. I mean, I think I said it here on uh, on Dead Bat when it was just you and me. It was just um, Scarlet Witch and him, which that was gross in its own right. Um, I See, I felt gypped over the Sharon Rogers thing too because it, it, it felt like what they gave was a nod. And mm-hmm. then they moved on we didn't get any more of that relationship it it just kind of uh it was a thing in civil war and then they just brushed over it i was like 
you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, that's one of the biggest things I had a problem with on Endgame. Because you just can't bring some new relationship into his life and then, oh, he's reverting back to... I'm like, the way they made Steve was, my man is is wanting... To, he, he got himself the life that he lived, but what about Sharon? You still left the woman behind. Like... I don't ever remember Steve ever leaving anybody behind in his story at all. I mean, there were people who hurt his feelings. Like, I'll definitely cover one of these days Diamondback, not the Diamondback from Luke Cage. We're talking about a whole different Diamondback. Um, But there, there was people who broke his heart, but he never left anyone behind in my... I can't even think of a time that he ever left anyone behind, like, romance-wise... Um, so the fact that the movies alluded to that and basically did it at the very end, I was like, what are you guys doing? Like, I was looking at the screenwriters, at least a a picture, and I was like, you guys are just kind of fucking up right now. Yeah, but you know what? Speaking of age, Mahershala Ali as a blade. All right, let's get to the meat. Yeah, let's get to the meat and potatoes. I'll give you, I'll give you my opinion. Uh, as soon as we get the Phase 4 lineup, just read them to me and I'll let you know what I honestly, truly think of them. Phase 4 lineup? Yeah, the Phase 4 lineup in you its got entirety. It. You got it. Because All right. we're getting into it. May 1st, May 1st, 2020, Black Widow. Said All to right. be taking place before Civil War, I think. All right. Um, I'm not looking forward to it. I mean, there are certain elements that I will be definitely getting into. Like, of course, uh, David Harbour will be playing Alexi, a.k.a. the Red Guardian, a.k.a. Black Widow's ex-husband. Um, Which, that's cool, because we've never seen the Red Guardian prior to anything. We've never heard anything from him in the movies, uh, at least that I'm concerned of or uh, I'm aware of. You know what I'm saying? Um. So that's cool. He's in the movie. He can get away from his shitty Hellboy movie and finally come to the MCU. Um, so I'm down to see him. And you have uh, Rachel Weiss in the movie, which The Mummy, Constantine, these awesome movies, you know? Um, yeah. You know, she will be in the movie as well. I believe she's probably the trainer of the, the Black Widow program. Um, again, I'm sorry if I'm butchering Black Widow in terms of the mythos and the characters and shit like that, guys. I never was a fan. I just wasn't. Um, So, <laughs> I just wanted to sp- specify that I'm just going off of the, you know, the roster and the list and everything. But, yeah, I'm, I'm eh. The only thing that I think I'd be down to be seeing is Taskmaster. Okay. Okay. Well, you are in you are in luck because uh, in fall twenty twenty, not even six months later, you get the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes, which I think you already know. That's the one that I'm most likely looking forward to, outside of Blade, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, which I kind of told you a little bit of how I feel, but you'll you'll get it. You'll hear the whole thing when we get to the very end. But anyway, um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I do recall that I, I I talked about a synopsis for the uh for the damn uh show 
We talked about how U.S. agent can play a part. We actually, I, uh, I went on Facebook and I saw a picture. It was very uh, scrambled, so there was no way you could really like clearly see it like in 4K or HD or whatever. But I guess the actor who played Zemo is going to be wearing his mask in this in this show, and I think that's incredible. Nice. Like that's that's exciting for. Anyone who's been a Captain America fanatic who's loved the older characters, whether it was Zolo, whether it was Zemo, whether it was Red Skull, whether it was, you know, Crossbones, any of these villains, to get them in a semi-pseudo-comic light is exciting to me. Especially when Zemo has Dude, to be I- the second laughable of the, of the bunch because he's wearing a fucking purple handkerchief on his face. Yeah, dude, I need that because I felt I felt a little gypped in Civil War that he didn't have his suit. Yeah. Like like I got why because that was basically his origin story, but man, I I'm really excited to be that see that fucking uh that purple Zentai zone suit. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if they have exactly what you're talking about and it's just this a 1990s light purple suit and he's wearing it around. Yeah, it's just a, it's just like a, a big ass purple purple morph suit. <laughs> oh, oh god. Um, and then it looks like November 8th, 2020. This one I'm kind of excited for because it it contains characters I don't fucking know about. Contains characters I have I have I have no no knowledge of um and that is the eternals yeah so the eternals would be the second movie that i'm looking forward to because we get to finally see uh at least for the casual fans they get to see a little bit of how these stones were used and also probably even formed um you know, this is way, way, way before, you know, anything really. So whoever's going to this movie, understand that this is basically the origin of the whole fucking Marvel Cinematic Universe, just in their own mythos. Like this is this is the the start of things as it comes for the galaxy itself. Um, That's the first mm. thing, because I can imagine the time periods for these movies are going to be fucking confusing for people. So whoever listens to our show, you will be caught up by this. Um, yeah, and you know what, man? I'm looking at the lineup here. They're taking a lot of risks. They're not really relying on the characters we've seen before. I'd say a good half to uh, maybe 60, 70% of the lineup doesn't involve characters we've seen. Yeah. Yeah, like... That's the- not true. So we've got... We've got Black Widow, Falcon, Winter Soldier, um, Doctor Strange, WandaVision, Loki, Hawkeye, and then Thor? Question mark? Yeah, hold, well, well, hold on. Uh, to, to answer your question, they kind of are making a risk um, because they're not relying I mean, on... To make the risk. They're not relying on Iron Man, Captain America, Hulk, and Thor anymore. Because, well, after Endgame, you really can't go to those four anymore. Um, except for Thor, which, of course, will be, like, the, that's the last thing on the Phase 4 slate. 
Um, even though we have yeah. movies like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, Black Panther Two, Captain Marvel Two, which we don't even know if that's even slated for Phase Four or not. Because I mean, there are mm-hmm. there are the shows that you have the Disney Plus shows, which of course I'm guessing is coming out even this year or next year, whatever the case may be. It's coming out soon. Um, you have it to where you don't know necessarily if these movies that are going to be coinciding, are they part of the bigger landscape of the MCU or not? Like if they are part of phase five, I rather have them in phase four than it is phase five. And I'll, I'll tell you after blade why I feel this way, but with Eternals, eh, because I kind of feel like, Hey man, it, it's cool, but I'm eh with it, but it's more so than any of the other titles, which are, I know you have in your, your computer right now looking at yeah so after the eternals february 12th 2021 uh you're gonna have shang chi the legend of the ten rings i don't know what that's gonna be about either i have no fucking clue who that is i've heard of shang to an extent i don't know fully the entire story so i'm not going to think that i know the entire story however i do recall the one thing they're going to be having and this gave me a headache, and I needed two hours to really chill, is the Mandarin. Now, do you guys remember the Mandarin was part of Iron Man 3, and they fucked that story up to oblivion. But, they said they're bringing the real Mandarin in this film. Just I could dig that. I could dig that. I could dig them calling that one guy the Mandarin. Um... And then having a real Mandarin be out there somewhere. I think it just depends on the time period of this film. Yeah. You know, if they say it happened before Iron Man 3, that's going to be iffy. But if they say it happened post-Iron Man 3 and somebody was inspired by that version of the Mandarin, dope. Yeah. Like, it. it's, it's really exciting to see that they're going to go with the real Mandarin, right? It just gave me a headache because of just all the bullshit that we had out of Iron Man 3. That's really where the headache came from. I was just like, Jesus Christ, like, I love the character, but let's do it right this time. And what better of a way to do it than actually going full throttle in a movie where you actually can go full throttle? Um, you know, there are people. Yeah. Who... And what if the Mandarin becomes one of the bigger recurring villains of phase four? That would be exciting just to see where they go with him and pushing him forward. That'd be really cool to see. Um, and then, uh, so after that, spring 2021, uh, you've got your second Disney Plus title, which is WandaVision. I don't know what to expect from this, dude. I have no idea where they're going. Um, Do you want my honest opinion? I don't, I don't, well, I don't really care for the whole WandaVision relationship. Um... And I don't even know when it's going to take place because according to Infinity War, Vision's gone, right? So yeah, it's got to take place before that. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, my my response: I only wrote two things for this one. Next, what you got? Next one. Let's go. <laughs> oh no! All right, so. Uh, this one might be a little more controversial. Uh, May 7th, 2021. It's uh, Doctor Strange 
picture's a little blurry here. I think it's in the multiverse of madness. Now, yes. I heard this is going to be like their first attempt at a horror film, which with Doctor Strange, I'm down. Honestly, when I when I saw that first movie, I was like, they could open the door to some creepy shit. And all you need to do is send Doctor Strange through some some different dimensions. Yeah, of course. I'm actually really excited to see this one. This is probably the one movie out of the entire bunch that I'm actually excited to see. Because we get to really dive into more than just what we saw in the first Doctor Strange movie. And of course, what I'm hearing here is that Scarlet Witch will be in this movie. That's what I heard. Um, and then what I was reading. Yeah. Which that's really cool because we get to see them work together, which it's like, come on, this should have already happened, but I'm glad we get it now than never, right? Dude, if you wanted an unstoppable team, there you go. Exactly. You know, that that really, I mean, it, it sucks that we didn't get that in Infinity War, but the movie would have been twice as less of long. Like the movie was like, what, two hours long? The movie would have been five minutes if it was the two of them. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I gotta be I, you know me I gotta come in a hunter with it if you had Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch versus Thanos Thanos would have been fatality right in front of us and the movie would have been rated R yeah like to a T uh, after, after Multiverse of Madness in spring 2021 we got uh, your third Disney Plus title which is Loki um, maybe with Tom Middleston maybe not Probably not. No, he's coming back. I hope so, man. But you know, I've heard I've heard rumors about him being uh, recast and stuff like that. But to me, like he's Loki, dude. Like as far as I'm concerned, everybody that's portrayed these characters in the MCU, they've got job security because they do it well. Yeah. Oh yeah, most um, definitely agree. Do you have anything, anything bad on Loki? No, I have nothing bad on Loki. I uh, I think what they're gonna do is they're basically going to uh, go off of Endgame where he disappeared with the the, uh, the time stone, not the time stone, the space stone, um, and just they're gonna go off of that, um, which is cool. I understand they're gonna do that. Um, I'll check it out, but is it is it gonna make me jump out of my chair? No. Yeah, that, that that sounds right. Um, after Loki, summer twenty twenty one, you have another risky uh, risky venture in your fourth Disney Plus title, which is What If. Yeah, I'm a little more familiar with this. Uh, I know I haven't read any of the uh, any of the comics or any of the media from What If stories, but uh, I know the general concept which is they take characters we know and love now and they go hey what if this so that'll open up the uh, open up the doors for uh, whoever's developing that to, to do some interesting stuff I I'm excited to see a little bit of the what ifs um there's one what if I think they're talking about where what if Peggy Carter was Captain America instead of Steve Rogers which that that happened uh, I think well, the Exiles comics, they picked that up. Um, they had, I don't know if it's one of the Marvel games, they actually did put her 
uh, in not in a not in a Captain America esque suit, but they had her in her original traditional suit, and then it was like layered on top of different colors, and then she had the shield with her too, um, which I know that means Haley Atwell will come back as as uh, Peggy Carter, and then obviously Chris Evans will voice uh, Steve, which I, I guess that's cool. At the same time, like. It's gonna be difficult for me to hear Steve, yeah, uh, Steve, Chris Evans, because it's like, damn, bro, I rather have you in this. But it is cool to kind of sit back and think, what if on a lot of these stories? And of course, I forget the actor who's doing the Watcher. Anything with the Watcher, I'm down with. It's kind of like with me and Howard the Duck. Yeah, yeah. You know what I want? I just want like a. Uh, uh what if Tony Stark uh, survived or something like that, and then you just you just have Ultron leveling the New York? Oh, Jesus. It just cuts to, like, Ultron fucking destroying New York. Oh, my God, that'd be crazy. Um, you and me are going to watch that, and you and me are going to be like, yo. Cable's vision... What, was, what did Cable say when he was going to stay um, in Deadpool 2? He's like, I'm going to make sure humanity doesn't shit itself into oblivion. Well, it already did. Yeah, yeah. That'd be that'd be just a funny cut. Um, fall 2021, you know, six months later, Hawkeye. Fifth Disney Plus title, it's Hawkeye. I don't, you know... So what's the next movie? Back to my... Yeah, I don't expect much, but you know, you know the MCU. Every time I don't expect much, they're just like, "Guess again, motherfucker." You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you, man. I want them to prove me wrong. That's, that's how I feel. I want them to prove me wrong, in huge levels. Because once, once you ask me what I think about the Phase Four lineup, you'll see why. Yeah, and then uh, uh, November fifth, I think that's fifth, twenty twenty one. Thor Love and Thunder. I heard Natalie Portman's going to be Lady Thor. I'm down. I'm down. Um, I am a little disappointed that Fantastic Four isn't in this lineup, but maybe we'll get it down the road. What am I saying? We'll definitely get it down the road because the first family is home. Oh, of course. Um, Thor Love and Thunder. (sighs) Look. I'm just going to say it like this. Don't do this. No, no, no. I'm not going to destroy this movie into a fucking oblivion. I'm not Cable. What I will say is they better not fuck this up. They have a perfect opportunity to say to that writer who did not do that character any favors, we could do it better. They did it in Endgame where Cap was in the elevator and he said, Hail Hydra. When I saw that scene, that was more like a kick in the face to Nick Spencer. Which was beautiful. Yeah. You know what? Um, you know what I do love, though, is the title of Love and Thunder because it looks like those those 80s power metal bands. Yeah, like Dio, for example. Like, I know I got that same feeling. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Someone play I'm... Holy Diver in the background. Yeah. I was like, man. But, you know, I'm so ready for this. Um I think I'm really going to get Disney Plus. I I don't know. You know, they've got Star Wars. They've got Marvel. Seems like it's inescapable at this point. Yeah. And then you mentioned 
the movie that you knew I was going to be excited for the most? Yeah, dude, go in. Tell me about the Daywalker. All right. So as many, well, close friends, I'm going to say, know that I've created a character based off of Blade. When I saw Mahershala Ali walk on the stage, and he had a hat with him, and Feige was teasing it. He was like, you have a different type of hat. What is that hat? And it said, Blade. I was immediately sold. Now, Mahershala through the years has earned his, he's earned his credibility. Um, he's got weight on his name, which, you know, obviously Marvel loves that to death. Do I see him as Blade? A fucking course. There's, I have no issues to this. Um, there are people online I have issues to this. I don't know why you do. Um, and people are like, oh, we wanted Wesley Snipes. You want to know why Wesley Snipes is not in that role and Mahershala Ali is? I'm going to give you one movie that put him in the ground. And now his karma is biting him in the ass. Blade Trinity. Um, well, I was going to say it's because he evades movie roles like he evades his taxes. But that was uh, good, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see what the fuck you did there. I'll give you credit on that one. You know what? We'll throw that in the in the 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 list of reasons why he's not a he's not blade in this uh this generation. Um oh man. I I th- the it's like come on man. Like Blade Trinity really is the reason for why he's not in that role in the first place in my opinion because I mean on set was like the biggest reason. Looper covered it. I'm covering it. The biggest reason why he wasn't, he's not in this role now, is because behind the scenes of Blade Trinity, you couldn't refer him as Wesley. You had to call him as Blade, otherwise he wouldn't even refer to you. Oh man, there's I'm method like, acting, and then there's... yeah. And then if you had to write, if you had to talk to him, you had to write fucking sticky notes and just give it to him. I'm like, I'm sure Feige doesn't want to deal with that. Yeah, and it, it's kind of a double-edged sword for you, right? Because we definitely want to make the Netflix shows tie in really well with everything that, that the MCU is doing, but with, um, you know, Cottonmouth now as Blade, what does that mean? Well, Cottonmouth is already dead in season one, so he well, that's, was... what that's what I'm saying is you have this actor's likeness as a new character. Um, you know, is this going to become a trend? Is this a one-time thing? Does it invalidate the Netflix movies or the Netflix shows? I don't. There's a lot of questions surrounding a particular casting choice. Yeah, I'll give some kind of assurance to the fact that it doesn't. I think that if, with Mahershala Ali being Blade, it doesn't. Um, because you still can integrate characters from the Netflix series into the MCU. Um, Far From Home's ending. Um, now that I've kind of seen the ending and what that entails, you'd be you'd kind of have a hard time not believing that Daredevil can swoop in and help Peter deal with what was going on in terms of his identity, and, and basically, I'm, I'm sorry for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, but I'm about to fucking spoil it, um, with, you know, Joe, you know, Jonah Jameson saying, yo, my man is Peter Parker, Spider-Man, one of the same, so, to say that, and then not think that 
Daredevil wouldn't come in being like, all right, hold on. I got you in terms of legal fees. That's kind of hard to believe. Or Luke Cage being anywhere in this MCU period after Phase 4. That's kind of hard to believe. Iron Fist, they need to re- recast because I wasn't feeling the guy from day one. Um, mm. Jessica Jones, Kirsten Ritter is probably... She is Jessica Jones. I don't see anybody else is is, is Jessica Jones. She is anyone who oh, 100%. is one hundred percent. Yeah, it, it's it's like, bro. She better walk in the MCU with a bottle of Jack Daniels and just fucking rip everybody apart with that one fucking bottle, like Punisher and Dirty Laundry. Damn. Like I expect it. Um, John Bernthal is a tricky one because. He's that good. Of I know an, you want him as Wolverine back. Exactly. It's like it's a it's a mm, you can you can make a Punisher movie if you want to. But damn it, he could be a really good Wolverine. He's got the roar, which mm, Hugh Jackman's the only dude in my entire Wolverine actor kind of fan casting that actually has the roar from a mile away that you know the Wolverine's coming. He's got it too. Um. So he's he's a tricky one. Everybody else, they're definitive. They are the definitive version of their characters, except for Iron Fist and the Punisher. So to assure you on the question that you asked, no, because you can probably put them as cameo characters for Phase Five. Hmm. I mean, you're gonna have to if you're gonna make the next. The new Avengers, the new Avengers has half. It has to have three, four, three fourths of the original new Avengers that I remember seeing as a kid. It's got to be that if you're going to make us care about a new Avengers roster in the future, especially if you have Captain Marvel as the leader of this team, because that's that's already a stable in in and of itself. Then you've you've got to have that, especially I mean. You have a marquee cast of characters. I want you to imagine this, Kyle. Captain Marvel, Wolverine, Spider-Man, The Thing, and Luke Cage. In that same little format they had in the 2012 version where they had the, the screen turning around showing you each Avenger. Imagine that. I want it. You'd be foolish not to sell that. Yeah, I, I want to. So I think that's what you have to do. Now, if you want to make Blade an Avenger, mm, I'm, I'm biting my tongue as to saying no. But at the same token, they're actually doing it in the comics right now. So to do it. Yeah, just pull the trigger. So it's it's up in the end. And, and that goes off to Phase 5 because you basically talked about uh, – Fantastic Four, uh, I know Feige also mentioned the word mutants, which that was the thing, that was a huge thing uh, coming out of San Diego Comic-Con. Listen, if at any point anyone didn't think that we were going to get any of this, you're fucking wrong. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm looking over here as to, uh, I think it was the writers for... Uh, Avengers Endgame, they're saying we should take a break and give it some time for 
um, the X-Men. And I say, you should have never wrote Endgame in the first place. Get out of my fucking face. Because if there's any time to redeem the bullshit that we got from Fox all those years, now is the time to do it. Strike while the iron's hot. Exactly. Because... I think part of that might be contract stuff too. Maybe they um, they were waiting to put any anything into production uh, until that contract business cleared up. Oh, how yeah. shitty would it be to go filming a movie and casting for all of that, mm-hmm. and then the deal falls through? Yeah. Oh yeah, most definitely. In terms of legal stuff, you hit it on the on the on the head. In terms of just waiting for contracts to expire and things of that nature. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. Um, because I, I, to add to your point, you've got, um, what's his name? Um, freaking the guy who plays Magneto. I, I, it's, I know there's James McAvoy, Michael, Michael Fassbender. There you go. Okay. I was like, which one? (laughs) I know that tells you how fucked the Fox verse was, right? Yeah, it was either Ian McKellen or uh, Fastbender. Yeah, Fastbender, McAvoy, and uh, Lawrence. The fact that we've had to deal, we were subjected to Jennifer Lawrence's sheer fucking arrogance. What better of a way to go back and put something out like this and and put a really good MCU X-Men film and don't have Wolverine in it? Yeah, I said that. Don't put Wolverine in it because the original X-Men didn't have Wolverine. Wolverine was introduced in the Hulk uh, comics before he was ever put into the X-Men at any point in time. The best way to make sure that you care about each and every one of those X-Men characters is if you don't have the character that basically was carrying the fucking franchise, not because that, you know, that was the case, because no one cared about them, it's because the way they wrote for those characters made you think that that was the case. Um, yeah, just give a characters the, uh, the spotlight. Exactly. I want to see Beast being, you know, Beast, and people caring about Beast, or Jean Grey, or fucking Jubilee, because if I can think of a character they really didn't cover was that character. Um, Rogue, um, hell, Gambit, I'm already saying Keanu Reeves for Gambit would make me come all over the theater. Damn. I'll tell you, Wolverine is the only thing I remember about the old X-Men movies. Granted, I haven't seen them in a long time, but, like, speaks volumes, you know? Yeah. So, that, I mean, Uh, we heard Fantastic Four and X-Men being uttered out of uh, Feige's mouth. I mean, at this point, with the villains that we're probably going to get, it'd be kind of hard to not see them help out. Yeah. Just, honestly. Um, but Mahershala Ali is Blade. Wonderful. We got a lot of stuff coming, and it is still a good time to be a fan. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, um, definitely. Speaking of fandom, I get to tell you about some stuff that I've been getting into. Ooh, I am listening. Oh, so, you know, I subscribed to Audible. Uh, 
And this isn't an ad, but sure would like it to be. So, you know, if you want to sponsor us, let us know. You probably don't because we say fucking shit too many times, but... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I subscribed to Audible. It was was fairly cheap. It was like 15 bucks a month. Um, And, uh, you know, audiobooks can get fucking up there. Like... Uh, in the in the in the 30s and 40s range, um, and with Audible you pay 15 a month, you get two free Audible originals, which is books made just for Audible, and you get uh, one free audiobook. They give you like a credit, and you exchange that credit for an audiobook of any price. Um, and then you you keep those books even if you cancel your subscription. So you're not subscription locked. You don't have to keep paying to keep listening to the books you already have, which is one one of the really big things that drew me to it. Because mm-hmm. um, I've always looked at getting it because you know when you when you have ten hour work days and they let you listen to podcasts and stuff like that, it's a godsend. It really is. Um, to be able to, to catch up on this stuff that I can't physically read just because I don't have the time. Like, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, a physical book in front of me is so much better than listening to it recorded, but you still intake the information in the same way, or at least I do. I was worried that I wasn't going to retain it the same way that I would with my eyes reading it, but so far it's been perfectly fine. Yeah. Uh, so you know me, man. I've always got to. I've always got to plug my Star Wars, right? Oh, go ahead, brother. Um, so I've been listening to the audiobook Phasma, which is, uh, uh it's a uh, it's an audiobook about Captain Phasma leading up to the Last Jedi. So, you know how for a while there I was complaining about, man, they really never tell us who Phasma is. She looks really fucking cool, but they never tell us who she is. Um, and, and this audiobook delves into a lot of it. So, so, uh, pretty much the way the book starts off, you're introduced to her and her people on, um, her native planet. She comes from a planet called Parnassus. I think it's in the Outer Rim somewhere. And it's, it's basically a dead planet going nowhere. Um, they don't have ships. They don't have any anything to get them off the planet. Um, they've gone tribal, more or less, and the planet is slowly uh, being consumed by water. Mm-hmm. Um, there, w- there were companies and stuff that had come there for mining operations, and my assumption is that uh, companies came in and just fucked the planet to the point where the atmosphere um, got tricky and uh, it became harder to survive. So, um, her people are called the Skyre, and they're really, really tribal in nature. Um, and there's a whole lot of backstory that you're, you'll have to, you'll have to read for yourself. Because, bruh, I'm not gonna tell you the whole thing. <laughs> um, but she is essentially the, 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 the the biggest and baddest of, uh, of her people. And she's really like looked to as the stout defender. Hmm. And, um, they, 
one day Brendel Hux and stormtroopers of the First Order wound up crash landing on her planet. And uh, they offer, you know, promise of a better life um, out among the stars if they can just get back to their ship. So, yeah. you know, where I'm at listening to it is they've, they're, they're, they're almost there and uh, all of this shit is happening that has made, you know, Phasma a Phasma. Um, and Star Wars audiobooks in particular, I've find I enjoy um, just because they do a little extra for you and they put sound effects in there. So it says, you know, somebody's typing in to a keypad, you'll hear keypad sounds. If a door opens, you hear a door opening. If, you know, if a lightsaber turns on, or you're hearing blasters, you hear those sounds. Yeah. So like, it does its best to really put into that, into that space, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's, it's really crazy to really see where that character comes from. Um, and the other thing I've been physically reading is uh, Master and Apprentice, which I picked up off of Amazon as well. Jesus, you can get a lot of stuff off of Amazon. Uh, I know, um, Amazon's taking over the fucking world. Oh, I'm ready for it. I'm here for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as long as they can keep giving me my $10 comic volumes, we're fucking golden, man. <laughs> um <laughs> and um, I've been reading Master and Apprentice, which is primarily, uh, you know, you, you've got subplots in there, but primarily it's a Qui-Gon Obi-Wan story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going into their backstory, and, and, and it's really interesting to see because it, it goes into some stuff that you don't see in The Phantom Menace, where they don't really get along. Qui-Gon likes to question the council and, and bend the rules when it suits him, and um, because he was taught by Dooku, who winds up being a Sith Lord later. Mm-hmm. And Obi-Wan is stout by the book. The Council says this, the Jedi Code says this, so we should do that, you know. Um, like, at one point, there's guards coming through a door. Qui-Gon says, Obi-Wan, get the door. And then Obi-Wan slices through the control panel, and it, it makes the door unclosable. And Qui-Gon's like, I told you to get the door. I meant the guards, not fuck up the control panel, and Qui-Gon's like, or Obi-Wan's like, well, you should have said so. So they've got some incompatibilities going on where Obi-Wan takes everything super literal and he just wants to excel. Um, but, mm-hmm. but what's interesting is the situation lies where, where Qui-Gon turns the blame inwardly, and he blames himself, and he says, man, if I were a better teacher, Obi-Wan would be a better Jedi, and Obi-Wan says, if I were a better student, then I would be a better Jedi, and we'd be a better fit. Um and where I'm at now is the council offered Qui-Gon a, a seat, like offered him to be a Jedi Master on the council, which I knew happened. I just wasn't sure on the particulars. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, hey, you know, this Master's about to retire. If you want a seat, it's yours. Uh, you know, I know we haven't really gotten along, but we really want conflicting opinions. That way we can make the overall wisest decision and really help you with your other problems. Qui-Gon's like, what do you mean? And they're like, well, we know that you and Obi-Wan don't really have the greatest compatibility. And with you being a new master and busy with your duties on the Jedi Council, you wouldn't be able to train a Padawan. And they, they explain it. Because I was like, wait a minute. You, you know, Yoda trained Dooku. Um, and then Obi-Wan trained Anakin. So I was like, what the hell? What do you mean? You know? 
Yeah. Um, and then but it's not it's not forbidden for uh, a master on the council to take a padawan. Um, but if you if you don't serve on the council for a while, and you're not accustomed to your duties there, it's viewed as unfair to both the council and the padawan to try and split your time between the two of them without fully understanding the scope of either. Um, so essentially they'd transfer Obi-Wan to someone else and Qui-Gon would get the seat. And it's crazy to see how all of that panned out and how it led up to the Phantom Menace. I'm not done with either of those stories yet, but man, um, it's really cool to, to delve into extended stories uh, outside of the movies and outside of the shows to um, get the full scope of this, this new universe. Yeah, that uh, that Disney's, and thus far I'm really enjoying the you know the canon books and stuff that are coming out. Uh, so you know, gives me gives me a little hope for the rise of Skywalker, just a little bit. Oh yeah, most definitely. I mean, you were, you that was that was beautiful in comparison to me raging over Marvel Comics some more. Um, like that was beautiful. Like I'm. As a matter of fact, I was talking to, I'm not going to name him on this podcast, but um, Totodile is a huge Star Wars fan. And yeah, we're calling him Totodile because that's what we call him because we all have this inside joke of Pokemon and calling characters and shit like that. So I'm going to call him for the sake of not naming his name, Totodile. Um, he's a huge Star Wars fan. My man has Star Wars socks. Um, that's just... I'm going to put it that way. Um, so we talked I about it. Star Wars socks too. Let's go. Uh, Fandom okay. battle. Yo. <laughs> just to also let some context into this too, guys. Uh, Kyle and him have some uh, quote unquote beef. It's funny. It's funny beef, but it's beef nonetheless. Um, and so I, I told him exactly our conversations of Star Wars. And he agrees. Don't get me wrong. Um, and just he uh, he's he's talking about um, how you know the Force Awakens was like this because I told him going to the midnight showing of the Force Awakens was was ugly because Jesus some of these Star Wars fans some of them not all of them some of them are just can't I can't do it dude I can't um, it's like talking to a Dallas Cowboys fan it's it's um. In terms of just how they are when it comes to midnight showings and Star Wars, it, it for me it was not a great experience, but I get it. They more stubborn than a Knicks fan, am I right? Hey, listen, that that is that is Marvel fans. <laughs> Marvel fans are like Nick fans. When it, <laughs> you're not wrong though, you could definitely make that comparison. No, that's DC fans, man. That's oh. DC fans. Oh god, we're always yeah. losing. Yeah. Oh Jesus, I wish my Knicks were better. I mean, this year. I, I've got a little hope, but God damn it. Just the media likes to beat the fuck out of us. Oh man. But yeah, it's like, uh, we were talking about that and it got to the point where I, I mentioned Revan. I wanted to see something Revan related. I'm like, I'm getting tired of the Skywalker saga. I want to see something Revan. I want to see Knights of the Old Republic. I want to see that kind of shit, you know? And, uh, you know, he's like, yeah, well, they, you know, I hope they do that in the, you know, Rogue One kind of shits, you know, like the kind of movies they got going on. I'm like, I hope so, too. Um, but mentioning these stories gives me hope that even the Skywalker movie will be pretty good. 
coming up this year. Dude, I want the movie about the war between the Jedi and the Sith in the Old Republic. Can you fucking imagine, like, a battlefield endgame-sized, but you see, like, blue and green lightsabers on one side and red on the other? Oh, my God. That'd be incredible. That would be incredible. Oh, my God. Just imagining it just unfolding in front of us. That would be crazy. It's funny we're saying Star Wars. I'm wearing my Boba Fett shirt. There you go. Yeah. We were talking about Marvel because I'm wearing my Spider-Man shirt today. (laughs) (laughs) Bruh. So, oh man, you went off on on Star Wars, which that was beautiful. I I think when I go back to the podcast, I'm gonna listen specifically for that again. Um, when it comes to Marvel, so everyone, Kyle loves when I rage about comics. Don't hold up. Don't do it. So, I'm gonna go off on what I saw. I think it was a couple weeks ago. Um, oh, my God. So, aside from Wolverine being the end-all, be-all against Phoenix, they created a gun to go after Phoenix. And they're calling it the Phoenix gun. Hashtag the Phoenix gun. They couldn't have called it anything else. I'm going to be I like, like anything else would have been a better... Oh yeah, anything else would have been a, better, a really good name. I'm I'm just I'm uh, I want you to get ready cuz I'm I'm not ready for how I'm going to be. So I rather you be ready because Jesus Christ. Are you ready? No, send it, man. Let's go. What I'm the in. fuck, man? There you go. Let it all out, John. Really? The Phoenix gun? That's how we heal. Guess who's That's holding the gun? Guess who's holding the fucker? It's Wolverine who's holding the gun. Hey, um, I got something a little more ridiculous for you. I got, I got a new Wolverine power. Like, John, what if, what if he could like sh- shoot his claws? No, what if, what if fuck we could do you. that? <laughs> fuck you and fuck this damn concept. What? I saw that picture. John, I, Deadpool came before Wolverine. I don't, I don't, I don't. Oh, Jesus Christ. After that crap. <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I don't need this. I don't, I don't need this. That, that right there pissed me off to Kingdom Come. Like, Rob Liefeld and that shit, whatever. If I see him, he's getting ignored. Oh, damn. Okay, if he tries saying hi to me, he gets a middle finger. Just blocked, huh? Yes. I will straight up block this man. This man can't even draw feet, and he wants me to acknowledge him? No, not even close. Oh, man. But this is a whole new level of what the fuck. Yeah, I don't know what their plan is here. This is not some Lex Luthor DC shit, okay? Phoenix dies two ways. Her own fucking doing. Or Wolverine. There is nothing else that kills her. Technically it was Wolverine. I 
can hear you like, fuck you. Nigga, if you were here, I would have kicked you in the knee. <laughs> uh, no, real. I want to know what was going on in the writer's table, though. I want to know if they were like, hey, so guys, uh, really, we, we, we need a new way to beat Phoenix because... Uh, I don't I don't think what's in continuity is enough. So what if we made a gun? And it's like what And then it's like that meme with the guy that that gets thrown out the window. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just like Just, or we could make anything else. Like I feel like this the like t- with that news and then the Vic Mignana trial, I feel like Funimation is currently writing for this shit, and they don't even write anything. I mean, they just take anime and just dub right over it. Like, I feel like they're the ones responsible for this bullshit. Hey, you know what that means, John? What? You should be watching. Wait, I didn't hear you. What'd you say? You should be watching. No, I don't need to be watching. I don't. I don't even know why you even brought that up. I don't need to be watching shit, okay? Oh, man. I am on full Funimation strike after what's going on. Jesus. Um, Getting into, like, serious territory, I will only talk about it briefly because it. we talked about the Vic Mignogna stuff before on the show. I'll only talk a little bit about it because there's so much to unpack after last week. We don't have enough time to even talk about it. What I will tell you is the deposition was underway. It happened. Um, my guy, I watched Vic's entire um, speech under the prosecutor. Mm. I will tell you this much. I hope Fundamation burns into the fucking ground. All of it. Oh, shit. I hope they all just lose their jobs and that building that's over there in Dallas, Texas burns into the fucking ground with nobody on it because I wish no death of wanting people. But I wish jobs would be revoked and the building would collapse. Just property destruction. (laughs) Keep it clean. Yes, keep it clean. Thank you. (laughs) Because my man got on that, 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 that stand and just let his heart be shown to everybody and show what kind of assholes these people are because he had a couple things he had to say and they asked him about the hugging and all that for cons and he said it too he was like how do you you know what it's like to be quiet for five months while they destroy your reputation do you know what it's like I had to Mm. I had to watch them destroy what I have built. And just, he was completely, he was ripping this prosecutor apart while Monica Real and I think it was someone else, they, they didn't fucking care. I can tell. She's a schmuck too. She didn't care. You know, it's just, I'm over here watching this deposition and I'm thinking to myself, I hope all of you get banned. From every single con except this guy. Because it doesn't matter if he comes out of this the winner. Because they even mentioned it too. They're like, do you, are, are you caring about the million dollar lawsuit? He's like, no. I just want them to leave me alone. That's why I did this. 
So I yeah. hope even if he wins, dude, he still loses. This shit will follow him to his grave. Yeah, it's defamation of character, man. You know, after you say something, it's said. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether it's true or not. You're still going to have people that are going to believe it. And that's the worst part. You couldn't hit a more genuine person. You know, I met him twice. Very nice guy. Probably one of the more genuine people that you can ever meet at a convention. I mean... I've compared him, and I don't make comparisons, but damn it, it would be really uncharacteristic of me if I didn't make this comparison. He comes off to me like Robin Williams. He does. Very kind, Mm -hmm. very genuine, will do pretty much anything for you. He's probably one of the few representatives that I have of a Christian, because you know me, I'm, I'm not religious, but I mean... Christian, you know, he's one of the very more representatives that I really consider, you know, to look at. And he's being slammed like this because of the fact of his star power, because you have a whole bunch of people over at Funimation jealous of what he brings to the table. So you you defame his character like this is the world we live in right now. And I don't wish to talk about this because I know dead bad is a means to get away from society but it it was just too ugly for me to ignore it's the eight thousand pound elephant in the room that you and me have to deal with during conventions when we walk outside tampa tampa's convention center yeah you know it's too hard to ignore it's like saying mark mcguire didn't do steroids that's too hard for me to ignore so I had to say something on the matter because I knew at some point in time, like, I got into an argument on Facebook about it. Some man said, you know, oh, man, I believe all the victims. You believe all the victims. So you're telling me that if it's a woman, you believe those those victims. But it doesn't matter what gender. I believe in facts and evidence. It doesn't matter by gender to me. It's ugly that people actually believe in victims like Monica Real which could be wrong in this case. So I just yeah. wanted to lightly touch on that and just to get into the whole deposition just in cliff notes because I was disgusted that these people who do these iconic voices, whether it's Sean Schimmel, which I'm going to say it right now because he hates being called this, but he's a fucking beta male. Um, just to piss him off if he ever hears the show. Um, Chris Sabat, who does Vegeta, who, I mean, he got buried by this deposition too. He's not innocent by this. Vic buried his ass too. You know, um, he's a snake. Monica Real is almost the same thing. And they all play characters. You know, I haven't watched the Dragon Ball episode since this fucking, this whole thing has went on. Mm. it's tough I watched an episode after the deposition I had to shut it off because it's so hard to watch this show because of what's going on that's like 
that's like if Nolan North really did some uh, did uh, like whatever on on like what Vic is doing, and he gets guilty of these charges. It'd be hard for me to play an Uncharted game. Yeah. Like that's the weight that he has in comparison to anyone else that would have been put through this. It sucks as a fan of of Dragon Ball. I can't even talk about it. I have to walk away from the situation because I get angry. I don't know if, if I ever told this to you, but I would get angry because I would think I'm looking at my sweater right now, my Goku sweater, and I just wear it because it's a sweater. Hmm. They have fucked this so badly because of what's going on. And it's hard as a fan for me to look at some of the things that I used to look at and be like, hey, this is cool. Because beneath the character lies the very voices that have been lended to them through the years. So I just wanted to cover it very discreetly and briefly about it because I knew at some point I wanted to touch on it, but I didn't want to bring the mood down too, too much. I know I probably just did, but you know. At least it was at the end of the show. <laughs> yeah. That man. Like, geez. But, um, as, yeah. Yeah, I feel you. I know, it's 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 crazy. But, I mean, I hope it gets resolved. And I hope we could look at this as a lesson. That, you know, these days people take accusations as facts. So, before you say anything, please have some evidence. You know, um, that's all I'm going to say about it. You know, um, I know we're going to have a lot more things to cover. Uh, Guys, I know that I'll definitely be getting this up probably tomorrow because I've got a little bit of time for me to get ready for work. Uh, I I tried squeezing in dead bat along with my, you know, daily work activities. Um, So tomorrow you'll have the traditional episode of dead bat um, before I leave. You'll definitely have the interview with Red Hood Fan Series, so you'll have a double dose of us this week. Um, and then next Friday, we'll come back for more daily news. Absolutely. So uh, we're going to be sounding off. This is the Trigger Happy Chatterbox. This is the world's greatest detective, 626. This is Dead Bat. Stay golden, guys. Stay golden. We'll take it back to the days of yes, Charlotte. We're holding on to what's golden. We're not falling, we're not falling. We take it back to the days of yes, Charlotte. We're holding on to what's golden. We're not falling, we're not falling. We take it back to the days of yes, Charlotte. We're holding on to what's golden. We're not falling, we're not